My name's Abigail Kelly, and I'm back with Stacy Agner. And hi, Stacy. Hey, Abigail. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, we are talking about your newest book. Just, uh, listen, okay. I, I told my my coworker yesterday. I was like, oh, I have I have an author interview with Stacy Agner again. I can't wait. It's so exciting. She's so nice. Can't wait to do that. And then my friend asked me, uh, well, what what is the book about? And I was like, okay, so you know how you like food. <laughs> <laughs> you'll like this book that's all you need to know if you like food and you like say hallmark movies if you like second chance romances if you like small town love if you like barbecue if, if you like food contests you'll like this book um so today we're talking about love and latkes um and this is the third book in your uh god i my dyslexic ass. All good. The two Fs. Yes. Friendship and festivals. There we go. Ooh, I yes. got there. All the good things. Uh, it's the third book in the series. Um, and you have been absolutely hoofing it on your, like, release tour. The, I, you've been doing, like, so many cool things. It's been, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Like, I started, you know, I did the Instagram series uh, for History of Us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then really liked it, really mm-hmm. liked doing it once I got over the hurdle of actually doing it, and yeah. then decided to do something for Love and Latkes in the same vein. Yeah. And like, but different, you know, I'm tr- I'm trying to kind of be a little less formal than I was for history, because it, you know, the, the history series served a di- different function than what I, wa- I wanted, let's talk about Love and Latkes too. Yeah. You know, less sort of a class on like romantic you know on on themes and romance in romance novels and more sort of like a party but apparently it's also a conversation about themes and romance novels which is fun and awesome um it's 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 really interesting too because i think this how you've approached it i think not only is indicative of kind of the different um vibe of of this book right it's also like Everyone has has kind of gotten to grips with the the tools we now have. And so I think that like virtual author tours and stuff have just like blossomed into something like way different than they were in early 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I definitely noticed like you were on some like really cool panels. Um, you, you've been doing like so many Instagram lives. You've been doing like a bunch of stuff. Um, and I, I, I it's, it's just been really cool to see like you just get out there and do all this it's, neat stuff. It's been so much fun. Like I was lucky, like in the sense that like Miracles and Menorahs book one came out in October 2020, mm-hmm. which meant I was part of the second group of people who were releasing into the, you know, the changed atmosphere yeah. of what 2020 was. Yeah. So I had time to watch everyone. Mm-hmm. And like what I, you know, I watch people, you know, try different things and what worked and what didn't and what I wanted to do with that book and what I what I could do with that book, what my own capabilities were. Yeah. And I had a blast. And then one of the things I saw was that so many different amazing writers were doing 
thematic events, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, they would pick a theme related to their book, but not, and have a whole bunch of really cool people on an Instagram Live series talking about the themes, but also talking about the book that was Mm -hmm. missing. And I was like, this is great. I love it. Yeah. And I just kind of ran with it. And I'm just so very lucky that all of the people I asked to join me on these things have said yes. Like, it has been a wild ride learning about Instagram Lives. Like, thank God for Heather Novak, whose book Bloodthinners comes out in, um, I want to say 2023, Mm -hmm. for sitting with me and teaching me the the, the specifics of Instagram lives. like Oh, the learning curve is so oh steep. I just did my first one and I wasn't even the host. I was the guest. And I was like, I was like, holy shit. How the, f- do I like, do how, which button do I press? How do I, am I supposed to talk to yep. the chat? Like, and then <laughs> Stacy horror story. So I don't even think, so I was, I did an Instagram live with Kelly from Boobies and Newbies, which was Ooh, fantastic. Awesome. She's, yes. she's a damn delight. So the moment I was added to the live, her part of the screen went black and stayed that way for the entire time. Oh, God. So I actually couldn't see her Oh no! the whole like hour and a half we talked. And I was just like, well, I hope I'm reading her cues right because I... Oh, God. That's Whoopsie. Awesome. I love that. Like, technical difficulties are crazy. Like, yeah. the episode that I did with Priscilla Oliveris... Mm-hmm. Um, she was a trooper, first of all. She had just come from an eye doctor appointment. So, like, I was like, my God, you are amazing. But also, like, in the middle of the episode, so I have my, I record with my phone. I have a tripod and a ring light sitting yeah. all prepared. Yeah. Except when it isn't. And in the middle of the episode, the stand holding my phone fell off. <laughs> I literally had to somehow figure out how to get it back on. And Priscilla is fantastic. She's sitting there like all professional as I'm like trying to fight with this thing. It's amazing. Oh, man. I was so I I had to move everything into my like recording space. So I have I also have like a ring light and and a tripod, but it's freaking massive. So I had to like I, I had this tiny desk in here with a lava lamp and my haunted dollies and my various accoutrements. And I like had to like move everything around so I had this like light directly in front of my face. Yep. Um and and the whole time I was like holy God, just, just don't don't I just need you I just need you to stay. Everything else can get messed up but I need you to stay where you are. It was precarious. Oh my God. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. God. I mean but they're so fun though. I they mean are. I had they're a really a lot of fun. I had a great time and I love watching them. I love seeing like people just off the cuff, like have the conversations. I know that, I mean, that's kind of why a lot of people like watching video podcasts. My, my mom, she was like, it was so nice seeing your face while you were talking to her. Like, which is great because I'm glad she could see me because I couldn't see anything. But, <laughs> but I was like, you know, it'd be fun to do a video podcast. But that is a level of work that like, I don't think I uh, could it's, manage. It's, 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 yeah, like, uh, like. The, the sort of extent of my abilities is mm-hmm. um, is the Instagram live like kudos hit, hit to button. like exactly <laughs> like kudos kudos to Kelly Jameson who's doing who's like the mastermind behind like the chippy chicks mm-hmm. live stream live show that we're doing like she her technical mass like she and Dan, her and Danica Flynn and yeah. um, who else is doing amazing with the technical stuff. And Fortune Wheel and the three of them are fantastic at it. I am, I am like, 
<laughs> I not only have liquid brain these days, but like again, like I am not. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you also got the mush brain? Because I got yes. the mush brain so bad. Yes. I've got I've got enough mush brain right now that this episode is coming out tomorrow, Stacy. Oh my. <laughs> like my capacity to like do things has just diminished so wholly in the yes. past month and a half. Ever since birthday month, which was like our big, you yeah. know, one year celebration, mm-hmm. um, I I've just like I used up. All of my creative juices, and I'm but a husk, and yep. I can only do I can only do the things that I yep. I must do. Everything else is yes. kind of out the window because uh, I I I recorded three episodes for December yesterday, not yesterday, uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. um, so that all of that is done because I'm like I can't with the with the holiday season happening and also doing edits for for my book coming out in February that I was like. No, no, I can't do it. Yes. I can't do it. So I, I, totally. I sympathize with the brain puddling out of your ears. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> At the end of October, my brain, it was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you've, you've been like, you've been doing nonstop events though. Like, I feel like every time I get a notification from you, it's like, okay, doing another, doing another live. Okay. Doing a, doing a live stream with this person, doing an interview with this person. I've got this podcast coming out. I've got this coming out. Read this thing. And I'm like, damn, Stacy. Good yeah, Lord. It's, it's, it's. It's been amazing to do mm-hmm. all of these things with some amazing people. It's exhausting, but it's amazing. Yeah. Like, I figure I'll sleep in January. That's kind of how, that's where I'm at. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, when you have these opportunities to do these things, like, mm-hmm. um, the, the Hanukkah, the three live, Hanuk- the three virtual Hanukkah parties, like, mm-hmm. in the series, and, um, a library event and this awesome podcast and you know like it's it's a lot but it's fun yeah I mean it's definitely I think it's easy to like forget that it's a really cool thing that that we do um because it's also you know it's a lot of work but but uh, at the end of the day it's also you just get to sit down and talk to cool people who Ex- make cool well, things that's, that's exactly what it is like my live shows are an hour like the, mm-hmm. the you know the Instagram live shows are all an hour let's talk about mm-hmm. And you don't feel like it's an hour. No, no. You know, I have my notes, you know, on the on the whiteboard across the way, you know, and um, I am all excited to talk about these random things. But like sometimes when you're lucky, when like you're really enjoying yourself and I, you know, um, you go off topic and it just happens and it's magic and it's yeah. wonderful. And yeah. of course, like most of the time I'm sitting there like, uh, you know, and my guest is on the other side of the of the of the screen, and I'm just like, I get to talk to you about this stuff. Like, oh my god, you know? Yeah. You know, I I really I I totally empathize because it's like it's it's the exact same exact same thing. I I've the, the best thing this podcast has brought into my life is the people. Um, like uh, the books are good too, I suppose. Yes. But like, but the but the people are just such a privilege to meet and talk to. I mean, it's a it's been a hundred percent hit rate. Everyone I've spoken to on this podcast, every author I've been able to get on, um, has been just a blast to talk to, um, and just so kind and supportive and just enthusiastic about about everything. And that's and that's I I feel like we don't get, you know, such a straight shot of that in real life. That to to yeah. get it pretty consistently like we do through um, the romance community is yeah. really it's it's very very special it is very very much so 
But speaking of special, I want to talk about your book because I have a special complaint. And that is, I'm so hungry. (laughs) I've been so hungry for many days now. I got hungry reading the description, what, like two months ago? Uh, And I haven't stopped being hungry since. I I cracked open the book and I was like, okay, Stacey's going to do this to me again. (laughs) Where like, I'm going to be really, really hungry for food that I can't get. And then I'm going to, I'm going to be mad about it, but it's going to be fine. I'm going to suffer, but we're going to get through it. And then I actually read your book, Stacey, and you threw barbecue in there. Mm -hmm. That's the rudest thing you could have done to me. (laughs) I can't even eat meat. And it's it's so rude. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I like, I think what it was is that I had seen um, the Izzy Eidelman and Ari White, who are two really amazingly brilliant kosher guys who, guys who make kosher barbecue. Mm-hmm. And both of them have different businesses. One has a series of restaurants in Brooklyn and one has like a truck and like a, biz- a huge sort of catering business out of New Jersey. And I love barbecue so much Mm -hmm. clearly (laughs) and and I I kind of wanted to pay tribute to those guys Mm -hmm. and sort of what they do and then lucky for me I was in Virginia when I was doing either copy edits or proofreads on this book and friends of mine had just gotten a smoker Mm -hmm. so I was I was getting like all of the um all the sensory details yeah exactly all that good research exactly and I was able to sort of add all of that into the book we also which was kind of amazing we also smoked a cauliflower oh well cauliflower is like a blank slate vegetable isn't it you can do whatever you want with that you can make rice out of cauliflower you can it is a very versatile vegetable and it's amazing smoked it's very good i bet that's very good it's so good my roommates wouldn't appreciate it if i attempted to smoke it in my house probably that's probably not a good idea i'll have to wait i'll have to wait till i get a hot barbecue man boyfriend to smoke me a cauliflower <laughs> stacy find yes. me that man's hey you know <laughs> oh, yeah. i need one myself so <laughs> that's true <laughs> don't we all don't yes. we all need that hookup don't we all um so i i this i want to like lay out the premise of this book without spoiling anything because it did come out on october 12th so it is still a new release we're not going to do any spoilies we're just going to give you the premise and we're going to talk about all the fun stuff but basically this book follows um a second chance romance which you love apparently <laughs> i don't think you i i've i it's, I, I was reading it and i was like stacy's glee in getting to write another second chance romance is like so very clear <laughs> well i actually i actually have a question yes yes because here's the thing yeah in the general scheme of things i'm not gonna argue if people are gonna think of of Love and Latkes as a second chance romance. But, mm-hmm. like, the former reviewer and critic has thoughts. Okay. The thought is, what actually do you need? And I've actually been talking about this, and let's talk about Love and Latkes, because, again, mm-hmm. it's on my mind. What actually, what, what actually is required for you to have a second chance romance? Because... I mean, for me personally, I don't need them to have actually been in a relationship for it to be a second chance romance. Okay. Although I can see why that would, for some people, be a a stipulation. Um, For me personally, like, 
we find out immediately, right, that Batya and and Abe were they both really, really liked each other. And a confession was made. One of them bungled it in the worst conceivable way to the point where uh, Batya just hoofs it out of town and never comes back at like mm-hmm. 17, right? She just yep. is like, I am so embarrassed. I have to leave, which is something I can respect because yep. I would do the exact same. Exactly. Um, so I, I, to me personally, that felt like a second chance romance okay. because like they had taken steps towards being something only for it to crash and burn so spectacularly (laughs) that they're both still hung up on it so okay because like for me Mm -hmm. so the way that i see it is Mm -hmm. i actually see it as something called the zombie crush Ooh, okay lay it on me so like batia had a big huge crush on abe right big stinky crush yes very very stinky yes yeah Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it followed her everywhere she went. It followed her in town for four years. Mm-hmm. So, like, inspired by movies like I Think Can't Hardly Wait or this idea where, like, a graduation party is truth, where, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to be who you were in high school at a graduation party. Like, you're free of that. She decides, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to throw caution to the wind, and I'm going to confess. I'm going to oh, tell him baby. how I felt. Mm-hmm. And it obvious, as we, does not go well at all. No. For reasons, no. but it does yeah. not go well. Mm-hmm. And luckily for her, she's going away to college in California, so she just ups, she just ups her departure date by two months and is gone. Yeah. She also believes when she leaves... Her feelings for Abe are also dead. Yeah. When she comes back to town to do the website for the Latka competition, mm-hmm. she unfortunately discovers that the feelings she thought she were dead have in fact come back to life. Yeah. Yeah. A zombie crush. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a great term. I mean, I feel like we all have experience something of that right Mm -hmm. like where somebody kind of drifts back into our life who we haven't thought of in years or whatever and we're like oh actually hey is there something still oh that's or most often i feel like it's oh god oh no (laughs) and that is literally the expression in batia's face when she discovers Mm -hmm. that these these feelings still exist Mm -hmm. and she is still acting like a complete and utter klutz around him and Mm -hmm. it's just like i i I don't want this. I don't want this. I think also like what what makes it because I I feel like a lot of times when when we have that kind of trope of like two people who just do the wrong thing because they're so nervous all the time and to the point where they are giving out the opposite signals that they're so hapless and so socially awkward that they are in fact rejecting each other tacitly on accident. Um, Like, I I feel like it's, it's easy to get frustrated with that because it's just like, well, why don't you guys like take some space? Like, why don't you like not hang out then if this is such an issue? Like, but except that all of their friends, this like super, super, super tight knit community that they live in this bubble, as you describe it, um, it is contained also it's it's condensed into their community of super tight-knit friends who all grew up together who know all of each other's secrets who know yep. every embarrassing story who hang out like have weekly standing dates have dinner parties all the time you if those are 
those are the friends you have in common. You can't ever escape that person. Exactly. You can't. It's not possible. And that's kind of what I wanted to explore just a little mm-hmm. bit. Because, like, usually when you see these things, like, there are ways to get away. There are ways to avoid it. Like, but, mm-hmm. you know, you think about small town gossip, right? People talk about it all the time. But, like, in a lot of ways, you don't necessarily see the effects. And so something that I wanted to play with was the idea of those effects of small town gossip, right? Like, yes. she leaves. When she takes those feelings with her, those are her feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the one who stayed, Abe, the town watches him. Their friends watch him. Everybody knows what's going on with him. Yeah. And like, so the town, so his baggage becomes the town's baggage. And so when Mm -hmm. Bati comes back. Oh, it's big. It's big news. It's It's huge news. news. And like, everybody is watching her. Because everyone but her knows. And that's like, that is the... (laughs) That is so good because she is she is so I don't want to say like hapless, but she's just like she is so in her own feelings that she is utterly, totally blind to everything. Every look her friends are sending, every whispered word in the corner, like and by that I mean stage whisper. They're not being subtle. None of them are being subtle ever. Nope. They they could be waving a huge red flag in front of her face and she'd be like, I don't see, can't see. Yep. I don't, what's it, I, nope, blinders yep. on. Not looking, can't do it. Incredible. Nope. Yep. Busy, I gotta work on computer, gotta do computer thing. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry, what about <laughs> Lucas? What? <laughs> That's literally, that is exactly what it is. And like, the friends who can tell her, Batia, listen, pay attention, please, mm-hmm. are the ones who she met who are not involved in all of this. Yes. You know, she's got her high school friends who are lovely, but they are so involved. Like, they are up to their necks, up to the tops of their heads in all of this. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not something that they, like, they can separate themselves from. No. It's, you know, it's it's the Hollowville friends who were like, Batya, get your head out of your your butt. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, I think it's that that thing that we've – I think a lot of us have experienced is when you have like high school friends, right? You have friends who you will always count as your friends. You will, they will always be with you in your heart. And like a lot of times you go back to see them and it's like no time has passed. But the, the thing with high school friends is they have a fixed version of you in their minds and it is really hard if you have gone away and grown as a human being to come back to that and have them see you as changed and accept Mm -hmm. that circumstances are different and see you clearly for who you are now which in Batya's case is like someone who really needs someone to just point her face in the right direction yeah um they they just they assume she is who she was when she was in high school which they were all happy to just continue on mm-hmm. just waiting for it to happen um you know to, for her to stumble into it which is not who she is um so i think it, it was very it was it was really interesting to read that and be able to see like yeah i a lot of my friends have experienced versions of this where they'll go back and and hang out with their their childhood friends or whatever and feel like their friends have, although love them very much, they have absolutely, totally misunderstood who they are as a person now. Yep. Um, and that is, so that was really, that was a really fun detail to get. Also, because, I mean, Abe has 
has more or less kind of stayed the same. Like he's in a he's got a, he's got a very strong goal. He's got a very he wants to open a, a Jewish deli in town to replace the one that is no longer there. Um, he's got a lot of dreams. He's a, currently an accountant, which he doesn't want to be anymore. Which I get it. I can't imagine, can't imagine doing that. Uh, so my best friend's boyfriend and frequent guest on this podcast, Andrew. He is in fact an accountant, so that's a that's a that's a dig at him. Um, but uh, I, uh, he's a music making numbers man. That one. But I I so he has he has changed in that way. He's become an adult since she left. But at the same time, he has he has still maintained who he is within this friend group. Yep. So they are more or less kind of on his side because they understand you know like I this was such an interesting dynamic to explore is what I'm saying it was very very cool and it's also like he's just like at the as the book begins he's basically just moved back to town yeah which is a thing that like he never thought he'd ever do right Mm -hmm. like he had his apartment in the city he was living life as as it were but you know, he couldn't, he didn't have the space to do no. barbecue. And like, mm-hmm. he decided, like most of us, right? Like, mm-hmm. we have our day jobs or we've had our day jobs and then we do the thing that we love on the side. Mm-hmm. And like, juggling that is hard. And so, yes. like, moving back to town to the house that his, his father basically has given him mm-hmm. not only gives him space for his barbecue, but also like drops his expenses just a little bit maybe mm-hmm. you know and like gives him space to do things granted his job is still hard as heck because again the kind of tax accountancy he does is like really really difficult and really big really specific stuff. yep yeah so like he's you know but he's still like he's a he's a numbers guy he can't see yeah. through the, the farce through the numbers of leaving this job that that like yeah make gives him the money to do his weekend job and he can't Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to step away because he knows like he knows the statistics he knows the numbers about jewish delis and how they work and how they don't and what's going on with the jewish deli there was actually i think america's test kitchen was it had had that has a podcast that just had a um an episode on the survival of the jewish deli which i actually have to listen to but um like it's a question right like you, you do a google search or you search anything and you find that like the Jewish delis are having trouble and, you know, and that's what Abe sees, you know, the warning sign in front of him, like danger, danger, except he can't let it go. Yeah. He's got a dream. And I think that that is, that is the real through line. I think of this book, Um, you know, this, or I think all, all of your books actually that I've read, you have a very strong thread of two people who have, not just goals, but like they have real impactful emotional dreams. They have something that they want to fulfill for themselves and for themselves alone. Um, and they're doing it however they can. Yep. And that is, I mean, that is something most of us can um, can can empathize with. But also I think is kind of rare in, in a romance novel. I've talked about it in the past where a lot of times um, like a, a person's career or the hobbies they have are kind of incidental a lot of, or mm-hmm. like they, they play yep. may, maybe a small plot relevant, you know, thing in a, in a book. But generally it's like, okay, but when are they going to get to smooching, you know? And one really consistent thing in your writing that I have seen is that you have a very solid 
emotional core to your characters who are very well fleshed out people who have goals that do not center around the romantic relationship. They have outside endeavors that mean just as much to them and they are well-rounded human beings as we all should strive to be even when they make mistakes. Did I make you cry again, Stacey? Yes! Yes! At least, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm going to cry at least once in an episode. And yes, I love that. I love oh that because last time this happened, I want you to know yes. in the last episode, uh, the History of Us episode, um, my my listeners went in the Discord and said that I I had bullied you with kindness. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things like that sort of like soft sort of center. Like I think yeah, like you like one of the things I have discovered about myself through doing the Instagram live series is that I am much better about talking about my books in a positive way when I am in conjunction with someone else's. Yeah. This is the ex bookseller. This is the former reviewer in me that still does that. Like I have, you know, the sort of mental mindset of I can talk about all my favorite books, you know, to read, but like when I'm talking about mine, it's like, you know, it's tough. It's really hard. And I'm so, so like when someone gets the heart of what I try to do whether deliberately or not it's like (sighs) tears yeah you know and especially for history like that was a hard book to write this was a little this was this was much less difficult um I think I'm trying to remember the exact quote and I'm gonna mess it up again like it's my fault if I mess this up but like Sarah McLean was talking about um 10 rules and Mm -hmm. how like how like that book like the rest of those rest of what she wrote was not would not be possible but for that book and I think Mm -hmm. history is that book for me where like I could not have written Love and Latkes directly after Miracles because of the 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 approach that I take about Hanukkah and like the story itself if that makes sense like well, I mean, you had uh, we we talked about this when you were when you were on you had that history of us was was world building. You had this really heavy, overarching um, uh, theme of what does it mean to be Jewish in this world? What does it mean to have a heritage? What does it mean to have that in your family? What does it mean to connect to others and to your town and to and to your roots and to food and to yep. caring for somebody? All of it was interwoven. It was a very in that sense, it was a very dense book. You had a lot that you were unpacking at mm-hmm. the same time that you were unpacking this really fraught relationship, right? Yep. Um, and so I feel like this did feel to me, it, Love and Lotka's definitely felt like you had paved the way by exactly. doing all of that heavy lifting to do a lighter story that is still carrying those themes forward exactly. of understanding that connection. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely, I can totally see how you would not have been able to write this book without writing History of Us first. Yeah, because like, I mean, I mean, the word gentilification is in this book. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I couldn't, yeah. have, you know, it couldn't have shown up in a book of mine without History of Us coming before it, without like in unpacking those themes at all. There's no way. No. And it's, you know, um, so it's like, it's still a happy Hanukkah book. It's still, but it's also like, it, it does also like address themes of, of being Jewish in the world, especially like, and as customs thing, customs change and, mm-hmm. you know, and culture changes and the world changes. And what does that mean? What does that mean for Hanukkah? What does that mean? You know, like. I mean, you also, I, I really enjoyed the conversation of, like, 
compromising um I I'm I don't exactly know how to phrase it but there there's a there's an initial conversation in the deli in mm-hmm. the beginning of the book where you talk about well well we're doing this big like filmed locker contest with this like famous uh cooking channel guy um and and they're like well I mean should we d- like this feels like we're catering to people who yeah. who don't yeah like this mm-hmm. this feels like we're bending in some way to a culture that it's not. It's not us. This isn't actually what we do. Do we, is that something we want to do? Is this a compromise we want to make? Um, and the you know the conversation then skews to like, well, ultimately, this is still us. Yep. And so, is it truly a compromise? Maybe, but also, is it going to hurt us? I like. There's not. Yeah. You don't have a good answer for that. But no, it's. But, but it's, it's a. Yep. It's a conversation. It's a real conversation mm-hmm. to yeah, have. Moshe, Moshe in the butcher shop at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Like so, and but it's like it's one of those things. Like I have to tell you. Like I. So while I was working on this book, um, I watched um guys grocery games the ha- delivery Hanukkah edition. Like yeah, I can't even tell you how many times. <laughs> Because the joy in that competition, because the joy in like in Hanukkah and using like the random like foods that he sent over, like yeah. the spirit of the happiness, like that like infused the book. Like I tried to sort of infuse the book and competitions like that would never have happened, I don't think. But for the competition that Molly yeah hosted the year before or like two years before. I want to say like the Han- ultimate Hanukkah challenge. And like mm-hmm. it was a fantastic thing. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. And like people talk for a while about that show, like why, you know, why did it happen? Blah blah blah. And I was like, because it's fun. Yeah. Because it's Hanukkah Joy on TV. It's, you know, yeah. like and the thing is, one of the things I love about watching Malia's show is that idea of Jewish food joy. Yeah. That sort of is, you know, sits through every episode of her show, even when she's not actually making food that is associated with, you know, the Jewish, like with Jewish culture at all. Yeah. But it's like, it's fantastic to watch. So, but. I mean, I think that it it is, first of all, like the, the, the joy of food on every single page in your book. I mean, it was it was in History of Us as well. Don't get me wrong. We even yep. talked about that, where I was yep. like, oh, my God. Like, you made me so hungry. I can't get whole bread. I don't know where to get that. Um, but, like, uh, it was, like, so it was, it was interesting to see that, like, blossom on every single page yep. in, in Love and Latkes. Because it was not just a plot device of, okay, now we need to have, like, some cutesy, like, we need to, hold on, we have to do a Hallmark movie. Let's do a cooking competition. Honestly. Um, honestly. But it, it was, like, it was also, like, I just want to talk about how food carry so much weight and so much joy and so much connection to our communities and the people we love. So. Fun fun fact. Yeah. That's how this book started. This book started because I'd seen how many like Christmas cooking competitions and cooking uh-huh. competition movies and like this show was doing a Christmas food thing and I was like, all right. I was like, what do I want to do? I want to do a lack of fry off. Yeah. So that sort of created the structure for the book. And then 
I think it's Carly Pildes on Twitter. She now mm-hmm. works for the ADL, but like one of the things that she's been doing for a while is she started this thing called Tweet Your Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And like, because part of the reason is that like when you, when people talk about food in general, right? When people talk mm-hmm. about like different cuisines from all over the world, if you get five seconds of someone going, oh, that's flat, Ashkenazi, boring, whatever, right? And mm-hmm. she heard enough of that and said, for God's sakes, like we have, and like Michael Twitty, who's kosher soul on Twitter, but he's done a whole bunch of stuff. Like he's, he's all over the place. He's, he was on Padma Lakshmi's Taste the Nation. He's done mm-hmm. like, you know, he's got books. He's got amazing. Anyway, like, um, you know, this idea of Ashkenazi Jewish food, where did it come from? Like where, mm-hmm. you know, the places like, yes, there's a lot of different, you know, Jewish food in general, because Jewish, you know, culture is, is the culture of diaspora, but like, yeah. Where did it come from? It came from people who were poor, who were oppressed, who had to make joy out of this. Yeah. So, like, this whole idea, like, Anna actually, the heroine of, I have the heroine of History of Us come in and talk about this because it's yeah. very much this idea of where did Ashkenazi Jewish food come from? It came from a place that should inspire pride. It should inspire joy you know it came from a people who were who were triumphant in the end yeah you know this 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 idea of finding pride in in this amazing work that so many generations have put into not only making ends meet but finding the joy in that and finding mm-hmm. the 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 skill in that and and just and being proud of what you can do with so little mm-hmm. um and and this idea of yeah of them of being triumphant in the end is like it's such a wonderful yep. thing to bring to a book and to bring to life it's a really beautiful idea it's you know i figured like i couldn't i couldn't write a book about jewish food and not have that concept baked, baked no. into it because no Ha, baked. Ha. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I just couldn't do that. And like, as I said, like, I was inspired by so many people who were like doing amazing things with Jewish food that I was like, you know, like following Jake Cohen's Instagram is joy. Yeah. Like seeing him, you know, all over the place is amazing. Like, again, him, Molly yeah, Michael Twitty, like adding like Duff Goldman too, like at times, mm-hmm. like, you know, his you know, so many amazing chefs and so many amazing people are like doing this great commentary on Jewish food. And it's like, <gasps> you know, Adina Sussman, you know, who at the time, who right now is being known as like, as Chrissy Teigen's um, co-author on a, her most recent book. But like all of these amazing chefs are doing such great things with Jewish food and it's wonderful. Like, you know, it's just wonderful to see. So. Yeah. I mean, I think cooking is storytelling. Yeah. It and is. So much of um, it, it is interesting how much you can tell to a reader mm-hmm. through yep. food in mm-hmm. a book. Um, and it, it's funny because my my best friend, Paige, who's on this podcast a lot, she 
Um, she loves food. She loves cooking. And one of her most consistent critiques of my work is she's like, Abigail, you need more food. You need more food in your work. Cause I'm always like, okay, let's get, let's get to the next scene. They don't have, they don't, you don't need to see them eat. Let's move on. Um, and, and I had to learn that like, actually, yes, what they, what they eat and how they eat it and how they eat together, whether they eat together, you know, where, what they spend their money on, the, the traditions that they carry, even in the smallest ways when they have a meal, say so much about them and their world. Um, and that's so that's I mean, to have a book that solely focuses on that is like is so, so cool. And then, of course, to overlap it with this idea of like these could have been childhood sweethearts who just absolutely biffed it and have to figure out how to get back to to, to fix that is it was so wonderful. It was such a joy to read. So fun. Like, I'm so glad you loved it. It was it was like tying all these things together braiding them all together was just so much fun and of course like how do they do it they do it with food yeah (laughs) yeah they do yeah I mean it's it's oh god it just made me it made me so hungry it made me just like I I I know that when I read your books consistently at this point two things are going to happen I'm going to be in a great mood because it's going to be really really sweet and I'm going to really root for the couple because like it's going to be relatively low stakes and just I know that they are going to be well-rounded fleshed out human beings who I hope make it work and also that I'm going to be so goddamn hungry at the end I I spent I spent like the whole time when I was writing this book famished so I just imagine you like typing with one hand and like taking pieces of bread like with the other, like a little bird, you know, <laughs> mango and like a whole yeah. bunch of stuff just randomly. Yeah, there was there there was a lot of in book snacking. So I don't know how you didn't have like an open container of barbecue next to you the entire time. <laughs> Let's put it this way: as I said, when I was doing my proofreading, I was getting barbecue instructions. So guess who ate a lot of barbecue when I was in Virginia? Like <laughs> I, I stand corrected. I bet you did actually have a plate of barbecue oh with you God, the whole time. I did. I so did. Like. You know. oh, that's so cool. That's so neat. I mean, that's so what classic. was your um, what is the like food that you're most proud of adding into into uh, your book? I mean, or or even like they were, did, was the deli, the all the details about the deli. Was that something you were really proud of or was did you have like a favorite recipe that you snuck in there? I'm trying to think. I, I honestly like my favorite was actually the Italian Hanukkah stuff that I. Wonderful. <laughs> It was so much fun because I was like, okay, this book is so very much about Ashkenazi food, which I love. But at the same time, like if I'm going to talk about Jewish food and I'm going to throw in a doozy somewhere. Yeah. It's going to have to be some, you know, something else. And I was, I forget where I was, but like someone was talking about um, Italian Hanukkah food. And I was like, that's it. So I went searching and found the ricotta latke recipe, the fratelli di Annika, the chicken, the whole bit. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, number one, like, there is a character in this book who would absolutely pull this out of his back pocket to surprise the ever-loving Hades out of his best friend. Because mm-hmm. that is their relationship in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And two, the ricotta latke would absolutely be a very important would- part of the book. It would like I, the idea of a ricotta latke like that. I it blew me out of the water. I was like, you can add cheese. 
What? Yep. I so one of my earliest memories uh, in in school actually this this brought back like a whole host of memories for me because I've I've always had I've had a lot of Jewish friends in the past and I've been very very lucky to be invited to a lot of really wonderful family dinners. Um, and um, one of my earliest memories, one of my dear friends in in elementary school, so this was probably second grade, third grade maybe, um, was uh, her name was Sharon and her her family was from Israel. And um, for for Hanukkah, they decided to come into class and we did like a Hanukkah day. Um, And she brought this, her mom brought this honking big skillet. And I was like, are we doing pancakes? And she's like, no, we're not doing pancakes. We're doing latkes. And so I I got a little stool and I got to be one of the helpers and I got to help make the latkes. And I was like, okay, so I can wrap my brain around hash browns and I can wrap my brain around uh, French fries and mashed potatoes. But this, this I've never seen. And it blew me out of the water. That was like one of the clearest, best days I ever had in elementary school was the day that I got to eat latkes in one hand, a pile of chocolate coins in the other, oh, yeah. and just oh, like yeah. laying on the floor, just so- soaking it in. It was so fun. I love it. So that actually brings me to my second favorite memory, my second favorite uh-huh. moment in the book. So one of my best friends, the friend of mine who I went to visit and her sister that I went to visit when I was in Virginia. Um, a couple of years ago, we were talking about things and potatoes are a no-no in my friend's house for a whole bunch of health related and other reasons. But mm-hmm. we were like, wait a second, you can make latkes out of turnips? What? <gasps> Ooh. And so that year I went down to their house and, you know, during like, cause I usually try to get there, like, especially during, um, like right before new year's, like after, yeah. um, after, because they, they celebrate their they celebrate Christmas. So like after Christmas and before New Year's, I try to make it down, make sure I'm down there so we can all celebrate yeah. New Year's together. And they make we had turnip latkes that year, and they did it yeah. again when I was down there in um in July and August because I'd put them in the book mm-hmm. <laughs> as yeah. a tribute to them. But it was like it was fantastic to see it all happen and come together, and it was just like. You know, so I joke, you know, this is this is for them. This this moment in the book is for them. So Yeah. No, that's wonderful. I mean, and that's what those are the little details that just really make your books I mean, charming is such a trite word, right? But like legitimately, your books are so charming. They have so many just wonderful little Easter eggs that you can very clearly see like you were really good at imbuing these details with a sense of emotional weight. Um, and, and so it's very clear. You can pick them out when you, when you find something that is like, oh yeah, no, this, this means something to Stacey. And of course it means all of it means something to you, but like there are, there are very clear goalposts when I'm like, oh, found one, found another one. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a wonderful time reading it, Stacey. I can't wait for your next book. Um, I, whatever that's going to be, I don't know, but I bet it's going to be good. I bet it's going to make me hungry because now you've set a pattern. So this, I think, is a good place to stop today because I want to hear about where we can find your books, what's happening next, what's going on, where you're going to be next, what what books are coming up. Hit me with it. So uh, people can find me, uh, NYCC, on Twitter, S, you know, StaceyAgdern.com, the website, SAgdern on Instagram. Um, the next Instagram episode of Let's Talk About Love and Latkes will be on the 22nd of November with the amazing Denise Williams, where I get to celebrate um, 
how to fail at flirting and also the fastest way to fall, which I really, really, really loved. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we get to that point on Thursday, um, the 18th, I will be participating in a virtual Hanukkah party hosted by Q and Willow Books, which is an amazing um, independent bookstore in Queens, New York and Kew Gardens. Um, Mm -hmm. Joining me will be the amazing moderator, Felicia Grossman, um, who actually We'll be having um, a new series come up from forever in 2023, starting with a book called A Groom by Midnight, which is amazing. Um, Katie Casey, who just released Unwritten Rules um, with Karina. Oh, my God. Like, baseball, like, baseball Jews and an emotional support babka. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yes. And... um, Jennifer Grayson, whose book Holidays in Manhattan opened so many doors, including the one for me at Thule, um, is also going to be on this panel. And then Jean Meltzer as well, who uh, wrote the the matzo ball. And then... Which I have sold several copies of in my shop, by the way. I put it it up high on my new release section, and I was like, yes! Yes. No, it's a really cute book, definitely. But, oh, my God, like... The fact that Jennifer Grayson is joining us, like my heart just kind of explodes so many ways because one of the, like we were talking about panels before and one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things about these panels is being able to like point out some amazing people who have been on my journey as well. And Jennifer Grayson is one of those people for this panel. Jeannie Moon, who was on um, one of the panels for History of Us was that person Mm -hmm. for that. So I get to like, I get to like feet the people who like, I mean, a lot of people, but like specifically and, um, but um, so there's that. And then let's see. My books, the Friendships and Festival series, are available everywhere books are sold. Um, I've been on a couple of amazing lists, especially for Meet Cute Bookshop, I think is the name of it, on bookshop.org. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, One More Page Books in Alexandria, Virginia is selling signed copies of Love and Lockers, so which is kind of exciting and amazing that's so cool that's wonderful well you will you will also be able to find your book obviously through kingdom of thirst bookshop of course of course you know gotta gotta support those indies and support these authors come on y'all um if you need a good holiday read get on it if you want to be very hungry get on it and then you want to go patronize a jewish business and go get some delicious jewish food slash barbecue slash Jewish barbecue, go get it. Just spread the love. Spread the love a little bit. Yeah. Um that is that is really cool. You were doing like again, you were doing when does this like tour close out? Are you are you uh ending this in January? I think so. Oh um I think that's how it's I mean, it never go. really ends, does yeah, it? No. Well it's kind of like when you release a Hanukkah book, mm-hmm. you know, first of all it comes they start in October and like of course yeah. like all of the things happen because they're just so much fun. Like December 4th, I'm doing an event with uh, the Escondido Library, who has been fantastic, like, through mm-hmm. the three books. Um, they're selling books through Mysterious Galaxy. It's Jax Middleton, Middleton and I. Um, I've got, and then I've got, in December, I have lives with Kelly Kane, Yafa Santos, um, Alice Murray. Um, like, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fantastic. And then on the 6th of December, the Rip Bodice is hosting a Hanukkah party. No way. I didn't know that. Yep. So it's the virtual, it's a virtual Hanukkah party and it's the third and final like bookstore live event that I'm doing. Um, 
Felicia Grossman, once again, is moderating, and it's Katie Casey, mm-hmm. myself, um, and Jean Meltzer, um, with, as I said, Felicia Grossman moderating on mm-hmm. the 6th. And, yeah, it's it's going to be a wild month, but it's going to be fun, and I'm excited, so. You're just going to crash so hard. in December, too. Oh, Gwenda Bond! I'm excited. Oh, she's so cool. She's fantastic. I am so excited, like... Fun fact, like I remember, I don't, I can't even find the article anywhere, but like years and years and years ago when I was a bookseller, she was doing an article, I think about like funny paranormal romances and specifically about Molly Harper and I love Molly Mm -hmm. Harper's books. And so I remember like sitting there in the bookstore on my lunch break on a call with this lovely reporter from Kentucky and it was Gwenda Bond and years ago, like I didn't, you know, and like years later, like I get to talk to her on my Instagram, so like it's so cool i need to i keep meaning to ask her to be on my podcast because i love her books and and i uh she follows me on twitter so i can be like hey i have an in uh (laughs) but i i it's it's so it never it fails to tickle me how close-knit this community is how like Mm -hmm. you are never more than one person removed from somebody you really admire exactly it's it's... um terrifying but also wonderful oh my god um can we say I was like completely fangirling over Zoe Archer on the last episode of my Instagram oh my live God. series I did like completely yes. fangirling even more than usual. Um, I try to keep the fangirling at a minimum because I'm like me fangirling is like dangerous and scary, but well, the problem is also if you set that precedent, it's like really hard to then like actually have a relationship with that person. Like I it's it is definitely one of those things you learn is yeah. like what you when you are in this industry, no matter how much you admire someone, you have to keep a lid on it. Yep. Because like because then it's then you, then there's a weird separation between you two that yes. cannot be bridged. So you got to be cool. You got to mm-hmm. be in control exactly. and you got to you got to keep the screaming inside like most of us do during the day. But particularly particularly when you are faced with someone you like really really admire mm-hmm. um it's like anytime like uh someone i i really it is yes. listen i boy i so i'm releasing something soon and i didn't expect anyone to notice but i forget that like because of this podcast i have on people who i admire right mm-hmm. and i've been supremely lucky in that a lot of them have um, decided to continue to have contact with me after the fact, which is baffling to me, but there we are. Um, and so they, I, I, I got a shocking amount of interest in, in the, um, the synopsis reveal of my, my upcoming serial. Um, and I, with a couple of people who I very much admire were like, this sounds amazing. Everyone should read it. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You weren't supposed to see that. Yep. That was for me and two other, that was for me and my mom. Yep. So, how dare you? Yes, know that, was, so. that was me when Piper Hughley was like, can I read it? When Piper Hughley read History of Us and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. No. Sh- I mean, yeah. No. To- yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sure. Like, why not? <gasps> sure. Like, pick up. What, draw. what format do you prefer? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Everything's fine. And then you just like go and breathe into a bag somewhere. <laughs> exactly. And then when we were on the panel together for history, it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just be cool. Exactly. Everything's like, fine. We'll be fine. You know, it'll be good. It'll be good. You know, just you know. Everyone. The thing that I have learned through this podcast is that everyone's a dork. And we're all doing the same weird thing. 
So it, you at least have that level. So like, it's fine. I think my biggest, I think one of the things that I have discovered, the other thing that I have discovered about myself is that like doing the Instagram series, my default has become, oh, I am hosting. And when I am yeah. not hosting, that's a problem. <laughs> Well, when you're hosting, you have something to moor yourself with. You exactly. have a you have a anchor to hold on to, and and by God, when you're not hosting, it's like on one hand the responsibility isn't there, so that's nice. Exactly. You can kind of just float around. On the other hand, oh God, you're just floating around, and you can accidentally say anything. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. I don't have my notes. I have a you know a pad with you know on my you know near mm-hmm. me. So if I need to like write something down, but like. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how I felt being on other people's podcasts because I'm like because when I host my podcast, not only do I have the the wonderful anchor of being the host, but also I know that if any dumb shit I say, I can just be like mental note, cut that out later. Uh, And then if I'm on somebody else's podcast, I don't have that control. I don't know what I said. (laughs) Oh, oh boy, it's rough. It's rough. We gotta do. We gotta do though. Um, So. Speaking of, I'm going to have all of the links to all of your stuff in the description below. As always, um, you can find uh, Love and Lockies is, I keep wanting to say Lockies, and that's because, not right. I know well, it's not. It's, it's no, it's not right. There are different pronunciations. The more common one that people are more familiar with is Lockies. But I think like Midwest to like West sometimes pronounce it Lockies. So I think that's where it's coming from because yeah. I have a lot of family from Minnesota. And so I'm like, probably, I, like why yeah. do I why do I want to pronounce it that way? I even that's looked why. it up yesterday. Yeah. I was like, Google tells me it's Lockies. And I, kn- I know everyone says Lockies. Why do I want to say that? So you can find that word and that book. You can find it uh, in, the, in the link below, um, as well as links to your Instagram, into your Twitter, into your website. So you can get all of the things. If you're curious about Stacy, you got all of it. Um, there will also be the links to the episode that you were on previously that we talked about, um, you know, History of Us. All of that's going to be there as usual. Um, for me personally, I'm going to keep harping on it. I'm sorry. It's going to be this way until February. I cannot wait My to apologies. read this. I cannot wait to read so i have consort's glory coming out in february now consort's glory is a near future urban fantasy romance it's going to be a serial until it's finished and then it's going to be a regular uh novel that you can buy um it's about a (laughs) how do i describe it today i described it as an elf the size of a linebacker and a witch who can stop your heart with a fingertip and a bomb um I love it. I love it. I, I, I like I've I've been seeing the art. I've been seeing the previews. I'm like I want this. I hope I I hope you like it. I've it's it's a it's been a long journey to get to writing this book because I've actually been writing this book for the past like 5 years. Mm-hmm. Um and I've rewritten it. It's been in like many many different iterations and it's been so astonishing to see people actually like be like Hey, where can I where can I get this book? Where yeah. can I get this? And I'm like, it's not it's not out yet. Oh my god, I didn't think anyone would notice. Um, exciting, <laughs> you know, it's so exciting. It sounds fantastic, and I love it. The anticipation has been building, and I'm like, come on. Thank you, thank you. You can find the synopsis um, at uh, patreoncom slash works by Abigail. 
it's all there. Everything's there. All the art and all the teasers that I've been releasing are there. But also what's going to also be there coming in December is I'm having people vote on short stories because I don't want people paying for things that they're not getting yet. So I'm having uh, I'm releasing short stories to all of the tiers in December and January. And you can actually vote on which ones are going to be. But it looks like for December, the, the votes have kind of shaken out so far to be um uh the first one is going to be number 376 which is about a uh changeling who has been imprisoned in an enchanted terrarium um and she is freed by a grumpy demon who has his own agenda um and it's going to be it's set actually in the new protectorate world which is the name of the series that consort's glory is uh in and so it's going to be a little bit of a prequel almost it's just going to be kind of set before the events of of uh consort's glory which change things in that world pretty pretty widely um and and yes you can find that at patreon.com slash works by abigail all one word link below you can also find me at twitter at abigail k kelly slash kingdom thirst i'm kingdom thirst everywhere else pretty much um instagram i was like oh i should keep these streams separate and then nobody cared so and everyone started tagging me for concerts glory stuff as kingdom first so i was like well whatever so that's there now <laughs> it's done okay um so i'm releasing teaser quotes on tuesdays i'm releasing um uh the cover teasers on sundays as well as art because spoilers I've been working on this book for five years, and a lot of that I was in art school. So I have this massive backlog of art for this book. Um, and it has changed in style and, and character over over the years, but uh, Teddy and Margot have broadly remained the same. So I'm sharing that every Sunday. Um, and the official the cover art that I have, have finally finished comes out on... Uh, on December 1st. So you can catch that everywhere. It's going to be quite something. Um, but that's about it, I think. Stacy, any closing statements you want to make? Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just so excited to read Concerts Glory. And once again, this has been fantastic. I've had so much fun. It's always so fun having you on, Stacy. You'll come back. Yes. Oh, definitely. You don't You don't have an option, Stacy. Once you're here, you're always here. Excellent. It's like Hotel California. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, listeners, I will see you next week. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.